Hi, Jay Fallon. Thank you for listening to The Slippery Slope. Wow, very interesting story coming up here. If you're uh, watching on YouTube, check it out. Uh, I'll read the story to you. The family of killed Afghan villager wants more ADF personnel to be brought to trial after arrest of former SAS soldier Oliver Schultz. So uh, a rudimentary grave in rural Afghan, in the rural Afghan village, holds the secrets to the first war crimes case to be held in Australia against a member of the country's military. So for more than a decade, the family of farmer and father of two, Dad Muhammad, have prayed at his grave in uh, Uruzgan province in southern Afghanistan for the Australian SAS soldiers involved in his killing to face trial. So more than 11,000 kilometres away, details of the killing were finally heard this week in a Sydney courtroom where one decorated SAS veteran faced a charge of war crime, murder. So Oliver Jordan Schultz, 41, is the first current or former Australian Defence Force ADF member ever to be charged with a war crime in Australia after he was arrested in southern New South Wales last week in relation to the killing. Yesterday, Sydney's Downing Centre local court was told that Mr Schiltz was filmed on a helmet camera shooting the allegedly unarmed disabled man who was lying still in a wheat field during a raid on his village in 2012. That video was revealed by ABC Investigations. Good old ABC. Don't you love them? Anyway, revealed by ABC Investigations and the Four Corners program in 2020, sparking a three-year criminal probe. So the arrest was hailed as unprecedented among Australia's Western allies, who have so far resisted trying their military personnel for alleged war crimes in civilian courts. So continuing on, it says, however, the trial of Mr. Schultz will not go far enough for the family of Dad Mohammed, who spoke with the ABC from the farm where he died. He said, uh, Mr. Schultz is not the only man that came here, said Dad Muhammad's brother, uh, Jamshid, speaking through a translator. We want those people who took part in this operation. All of them should be arrested and tried. All of them. All of them. That's what he says. The Mr. Muhammad's family lost hope long ago that they would ever see justice. Afghan villagers first complained to the ADF about the killing months after the 2012 raid. However, ADF investigators cleared Mr. Schultz, concluding that Dad Muhammad was lawfully killed because he posed a direct threat to the Australians. I, that phrase, every time I see that phrase, lawfully killed, whether it's military or police, I, it always strikes me as very odd because, you know, we can, we, anything can be justified. What, what can be lawful? today in uh what is it march of 2023 can easily be illegal in march 2024 and no longer lawful and then we tend to look at things retrospectively or was it lawful back then can we change the laws someone decides that they want to change what was lawful and start looking at things retrospectively no longer lawfully killing anyway it's always struck me as a weird phrase just i don't know Investigators were told the Afghan man was holding a radio and tactically manoeuvring, which it's easy to see 
okay, when you're in the heat of the moment, when you're in a war zone, you're living in a war zone. How someone holding holding prayer beads, as we find out later, that's apparently what he was doing, holding prayer beads and maybe wriggling around. Maybe your perception of it is he is a threat. Anyway, so Mr. Schultz was granted bail yesterday after Sydney's Downing Centre local court heard he was at risk from Islamic extremist groups and Taliban sympathisers inside prison. Don't you think it's it's a little strange that in Australia we have Islamic extremist groups and Taliban sympathisers inside our prisons? One would think that possibly if you are a Taliban sympathiser or you're an Islamic extremist group participant, then maybe the Australian government could put you on a plane and send you back to Afghanistan. You know, you're a sympathizer, go back or whatever. If you if you love the Taliban so much, go, go, live, go and live with the Taliban. Anyway, so Magistrate Jennifer Atkinson told the bail hearing that the helmet cam video of the killing showed that Mr. Muhammad was quiet and not resisting when Mr. Schultz shot him. She said Mr. Muhammad could be seen lying on his back and holding prayer beads in one of his raised hands. After a conversation with other patrol members, Schultz turns towards the Afghan man and shoots towards him three times, Magistrate Atkinson said. The man appears to go limp after the first shot and is not moving. Now, look, if you look at this evidence, and I'm not going to, I'm not giving any, you know, I'm not saying he's guilty or not guilty. I just, I always think, you know, when you're looking back, it's easy to look back at video and slow things down and have a good look at what you can see on the video and, oh, yeah, this is what's actually happening. When you're in a situation and you have to make a decision quickly, your perception at that time can be completely skewed by so many, by the situation that you're in, what you think you see may not be actually what is happening. Your perception can be very different to the facts on the ground, but you're in a war, a war zone, and you have to make a decision quickly. What someone can see as being prayer beads when you when you're sitting there watching a video and able to analyze it, you may think is actually a bomb detonator in their hand, and they're fiddling with that. Your life, you think in your head, your life is under threat. But it's always easy for us to sit there in the comfort of our chairs and watch a video and think, oh, no, 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 this is clearly showing the man is guilty. I'm I'm not saying he's not guilty. I'm just, uh, yeah, you know, when it comes to war zones, I think uh, there's always other things to take into account anyway. So it goes on to say, uh, prosecutors allege Mr. Hummond was not involved in active hostilities. Apparently, we have to take their word for that. The ADF awarded Mr. Schultz accommodation for gallantry for his service in Afghanistan, but the court was told he was suspended from duty days after the Four Corners report aired and terminated on medical grounds in February 2021. Speaking with the ABC before the hearing, Mr. Muhammad's brother, Jamshid, said witnesses and others involved in in the operation should also be scrutinised in an open court. Um, I would agree with this 
if they also brought the politicians into court as well, the people that made the decisions to send the military to Afghanistan, Afghanistan, which in my head, I mean, you know, I'm not claiming to be any kind of great intelligence officer here, but in my head, going to Afghanistan to fight the Taliban was never going to be a good, it was never going to see a good outcome anyway. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, he goes on to say there were other people with him. It was a complete military patrol, he said. Several aircraft landed here. So the family of Dad Muhammad has no photos by which to remember him. Instead, they thumb the bloodstained clothing that he wore when he was killed. I love the way this, this article, he's got no photos. I mean, you know, it's a society that's been around, a culture that's been around for thousands of years, and suddenly this group need a photo. Anyway, according to his family, Dad Muhammad managed to run the household despite a condition that stunted growth in one leg. Uh, Muhammad had two daughters, a newborn and a toddler at the time of his death, who now have no memory of him. So the whole article sells Muhammad as he's obviously a righteous and virtuous person, which maybe he was, but I just don't like when they write it up in these articles. Like, obviously, we have the bad Australian military man and the humble, virtuous, righteous uh, Afghan man, you know, did no harm, never did anything wrong in his life. He was just laying there on his back holding his prayer beads. Uh, so Jamshid was just a teenager at the time. And in response to the killing, he took up arms with the Taliban. Isn't it funny? The war is going on. There is who knows how much blood and violence this fellow's seen. But when he saw his brother killed, that's when he decided that is what that was the final straw. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. And he decided he had to take up, he had to take up arms with the Taliban after that. This all, this is all Schultz's fault. If Schultz hadn't have killed, hadn't have killed Dad Muhammad, he wouldn't have taken up arms. That's what they'd have you believe reading this. He said the grief drove his parents to misery and illness. My father has become so debilitated because of his sorrows. It's the same situation with my mother, who is all the time on medication. We suffered financial damage in the millions in Afghan currency. Look, I've, I'm not going to read the rest of the article. I just, I, mate, this opens up such a massive can of worms. You're in a war zone. What you think is going on, what your perception is, can be so different to what's actually happening. At the end of the day, your government sends you into a war zone to fight who they say is the enemy. And then you are going around making split-second decisions on who is the enemy, who is a threat, who is not a threat. The trouble is people who are perceived as not being threats so many times as we as we know happened in Afghanistan and in the Iraq war so many times people who you'd think well they're not a threat and in reality they were and then innocent soldiers died because they didn't want to kill you know women and children who ultimately had detonators in their hands or guns hidden things like this and then innocent soldiers died so what do you do when you're in a war zone? You're in a war zone. Do you really... Here's my question. Is this going to affect 
the amount of people that will be volunteering to join our military. Because if you do something accidentally when you're in a war zone, then you run the risk of coming back and being held in a civilian court. It's not to say that you should not be held accountable for your actions if you've done something on purpose, if you've gone out of your way to kill a person unlawfully, apparently. But then if we're going to look for justice, these people need justice. These Afghanis need justice. Do they need justice from the one person who pulled the trigger? Or do they all know, also need justice from the people who made the decisions to send the, to send the military there in the first place? I don't know if I can give my opinion. It opens up a can of worms that I think is far too, well, let's just say I can understand why Western, why the other Western allies have been very hesitant at sending their military officers to civilian courts. I don't know where this is going to go. This court case, it will be very interesting to follow. Let me know what you think. I think it's very dangerous, to be honest. Very dangerous for our Australian military personnel. We already have a very high suicide rate amongst the Australian military. So let me know. Does this kind of action, bringing military personnel to a civilian court like this, does this kind of action actually bring justice? And is it helpful? Is it something that we should be doing? Let me know what you think. That's all I've got to say on it. Thanks for listening to The Slippery Slope.